Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, a Fiji rugby player dies of a heart attack. Vanuatu's beach volleyball team is affected by Cyclone Pam. And we preview this weekend's Hong Kong Sevens and Super 8 boxing. But first, Papua New Guinea has won the bid to host next year's Under-20 Women's Football World Cup. The decision was announced by FIFA's Executive Committee at a meeting in Zurich on Friday, with PNG beating the rival bid from Sweden. South Africa were originally awarded hosting rights in December 2013, but withdrew seven months later amid controversy over its inadequate handling of a match-fixing inquiry. The General Secretary of the PNG Football Association, Dimrit Maleng, says the announcement is good news for the entire region. For me personally, this is the pinnacle of my job as the General Secretary, to bring home activity that is uh, highly regarded across the globe. And for Papua New Guinea, this would be the first time in the history of football since our relationship with uh, FIFA from 1963. It's wonderful news. How influential was having David Chung? Obviously, he's the OFC president. He's a FIFA vice president. He was over in Zurich for the announcement. Uh, you know, how important is it to have somebody like him on the inside at FIFA to, I guess, help promote Papua New Guinea's chances? It's a very, very important role. This has the benefit to really establish where we could help and, uh, in this case, to get awarded uh, such, a, such an event. And for Papua New Guinea, we are overwhelmed, but we have a very big task now to put the country to the rest of the world. And this is a big step as well because you've hosted Oceania events, qualifying events before. You've obviously got the Pacific Games coming up as a country in Port Moresby uh, in July of this year. But this is the first time a country in Oceania outside New Zealand or Australia has hosted a, a major FIFA event. So that's a real you know, vote of confidence from FIFA in Papua New Guinea and Oceania. I can concur on that statement. This gives the rest of the Oceania regime the confidence that Yes, so small in Asia in terms of land and the level of football, not so as, as high as the rest of the world, but if we can get our eggs together and you know organize something in, in that magnitude, including the Pacific Games that is going to be run in PNG, this is another bonus to the people of Papua New Guinea in particular, but uh, more so uh, in the wider community in the region. There are some people that were surprised that Papua New Guinea had won the bid, and, and there are some people that have concerns at your ability to, to pull it off, I guess. Um, what would you say to those people? There's always these questions uh, surrounding uh, activities in this part of the world, uh, in the region, because in terms of resource, we're still developing. But I can assure the uh, rest of the world that the government of Papua New Guinea is behind all the bidding process that has taken place. We didn't go to ask FIFA without asking the government, can you be our backer of, of the bid? And the government gave us uh, 101% port. And the government is already um, pulling its weight around to establish what should be done since Saturday morning. So I can assure the rest of the world that people say negatively about Papua New Guinea and uh, maybe people in this part of the region. But when we put an event together, we'd like to make it as enjoyable and safe 
for everyone who comes to visit us. And uh, what needs to be done between now and the kickoff of the tournament? Obviously, the bidding process was quite last minute and after South Africa withdrew, so you've got a lot of infrastructure off the back of the Pacific Games. What do you need to still complete in time for everything to get underway? With the Pacific Games, we will have those facilities available, but there are specific requirements that FIFA would want us to also look at, and those we will present to the government and uh, make sure that all those requirements are also uh, in place. For me, I'm positive we will we'll get through. I don't doubt that we'll be sitting with the government uh, and the government is going to come on board as with an organizing committee. I'm hopeful that they will fund it, so it will assist with the whole process of making sure that the game is successful in, uh, in 2016. And the other benefit of hosting a tournament like this means that Papua New Guinea gets direct entry, so for the first time ever, the PNG women's team will be able to compete at the FIFA Under-20 World Cup, and there'll be two teams from Oceania, so that's great for the development of the sport as well. That's our major obstacle at the moment in terms of getting a good team organised, not just being there for the numbers, but at least demonstrate that, yes, we have a family of footballers who actually play football and, and, and play uh, good football. In the area of women's football, we see a lot of potential you know, in getting up into the ranks in the Oceania region. Apart from New Zealand, PSG women had uh, won three consecutive gold medals at the Pacific Games. So we think we, we could uh, benefit greatly with making the game more popular among the girls, especially in our country where we have a margin of women who, who are seen as not so favorable in, in the community as you know, sport, sport is for men and women, you know, you speak around the house and stuff like this. This is going to showcase and, you know, hopefully change the perception of the culture we have in the country about women. That's the General Secretary of the Papua New Guinea Football Association, Dimrit Maleng. The Fiji Rugby Union has strengthened its medical screening procedures following the death of Fiji Warriors prop Yosefo Mbele Tambalala. The 32-year-old died in his sleep at the team hotel on Saturday after suffering a heart attack. Tambalala had a previous history of rheumatic heart disease. The Fiji Rugby Union's Chief Executive Officer, Rindrondro Ntambu says the union has a stringent medical screening process in alignment with World Rugby and after reviewing all internal processes, have escalated their baseline procedures with rigorous and objective cardiac screening. Tambalala's funeral will take place on Thursday. Meanwhile, his teammates were unable to lift the inaugural World Rugby Pacific Challenge title going down 17 points to 9 in Monday's final against the Argentina Pampas 15 in Suva. The parents of Tambalala were presented with their son's number one jersey that was retired for the match, while one minute's silence was also held before kick-off. Canada A finished third in the tournament after pipping Samoa A 28 points to 26, and Tonga A thrashed Junior Japan 43-24 in the playoff for fifth spot. Vanuatu's preparations for the Beach Volleyball World Cup have been severely affected by the devastation from Cyclone Pam. Milipata and Lillian Mansale will travel to the Netherlands in June to take on the world's best. The president of the Vanuatu Volleyball Federation, Debbie Massa-Vakalo, says their training courts in Port Vila escaped largely unscathed, but the Category 5 cyclone wasn't so forgiving elsewhere. Unfortunately, um, Mila has um, lost the front of her house and... Um, uh, Lynn has lost her house. Um, her house fell down and then the river came up and all the mud came up with that and her house and all her possessions were under two foot of mud. We're just trying to do some fundraising just to try to get help for Lynn mainly because she's 
lost everything and hopefully build a, a small little house or shelter so she can um, get her life back into to order. Um, Nila and Lynn both qualified this year to the World Championships in Netherlands. We rely heavily on the Vanuatu community and the business community in the past to, to fundraise so we can get on world tour and, and attend these, these important Olympic qualification events. Having this cyclone Category 5 come devastate Vanuatu and the community, it's going to be a real strain to um, try to you know, get some support again out of the community because everyone's facing very, very hard times. So, um, yeah, we're, we're not sure. Um, we'll just keep battling on and keep training and hope that you know, we'll get some maybe international support for the girls so they can continue to go on this Olympic pathway and qualify for the Rio Olympics and, and get to the uh, World Championships in Netherlands. You know, the girls want to go out, they want to compete and they want to do well so that something positive and, and put smiles back on the faces of the Vanuatu people and be good ambassadors for the country in this uh, time of need. It's a challenge anyway, competing on that world circuit against countries and, and, and teams that have better funding or more resources, and, and you guys have always, I guess, managed to find a way, and, and, and this just makes things uh, even harder. And as you say, I guess, you know, first port of call is you want a bed to sleep in at night, and uh, when you haven't even got a house that's uh, standing, it's hard to focus on everything else that might uh, be going on in your life as well, though, when you've got, you know, time, need to find time to train and, and yeah. you know, events and all that. So um, I guess that all just sort of compounds everything. Yeah, this week um, we we haven't trained because obviously they have to um, go clean up their houses and help everybody else around town um, so get clean water. And so this week has just been basically trying to survive. But, you know, aiders come into the country um, once they've finished cleaning up their communities, get the girls out, helping um, other communities, trying to help where we can. But, yeah, it's a bit hard because the electricity is still not on mainly in, in the Port Villa so you know the gym doesn't have power so the girls can't go to the gym to, to train because there's no power there. The court needs a bit of maintenance before we can go back and train there so we've got two weeks to go away but we're trying to deal with uh, all this uh, disaster at the same time. Anyhow we're strong and just an extra extra hurdle to jump over and show the world how fantastic we are here in Vanuatu. So it's still likely that they can go away in a couple of weeks, I think Vietnam, China and, and, and Thailand for some competition as they build up to those world champs? Well, the tickets are booked, but we haven't yet paid for them. <laughs> so we uh, hope hope next week we can um, we can pay for the tickets um, and... Uh, and they can go away and, and, and go for this uh, first couple of events over in Asia. And I understand, uh, you know, you talk about the support you receive from the Vanuatu community locally. I understand that, you know, with everything that's happened in the last week, uh, that your friends in Australia have also uh, tried to chip in and uh, help your support and, and uh, you know, set up a, a bit of a fund or a, a donation, I guess, to try and keep you guys uh, afloat. Yes, thanks to uh, Volleyball Australia and Oceania Volleyball, they've started up a online campaign which you can access through the Vanuatu Beach Volleyball Facebook page. Um, we're just trying to raise some money and get the girls' um, houses in order before they can go away because you've got to remember the girls also have got young children. So these young children don't have a house to live in at the moment. Um, so we're just trying to you know, get everything sorted and get, try to get them back on their feet and 
and get them back over on uh, World Tour and get through this tough time. That's the president of the Vanuatu Volleyball Federation, Debbie Masavakalo. The World 7 Series resumes this weekend in Hong Kong with Fiji looking to build on their cup triumph in Las Vegas and Samoa desperate to arrest a worrying slide down the standings. The Manu 7s have slipped to 10th place overall after missing out on the cup quarterfinals at the past four tournaments and have come under heavy criticism, including from the country's Prime Minister. The interim CEO of the Samoa Rugby Union, Faleo Mavainga Vincent Fapuliai, says the union has been focusing heavily on the Sevens team in the build-up to Hong Kong and insists that the coaching staff retain their full support. The rugby union has full support of our management team and the players right now. Uh, we've been very, working very closely with the team management and the team. We've left no stern unturned to try and get our team as well prepared as we possibly can for these last four legs of the tournament and the management is also under a lot of pressure in terms of coming up with the goods because uh, we're slipping further down the line and we might not even qualify for the Olympics so they're well aware of that. We've been focused quite a lot on the sevens team right now so hopefully in the next couple of weeks they'll uh, perform for us. At this point in time the rugby union is uh, right behind our coach and manager in the sevens team to try and turn things around. Is there a minimum finish that they have to have? I mean, because they've been missing out on the, you know, they've not been getting past the group stages. They've been losing to teams that aren't traditionally strong at sevens. It's not just the likes of New Zealand or England that they're struggling against. Um, is, yeah. is, is there a certain finish that, yeah. that would be acceptable for Samoa Rugby Union? Or All I can say is that uh, we need to move up a little bit better than what the, in, the, in the rankings we are at the moment. And the only way to do that is to be up in the semis and the finals so, uh, and the cup. And they're well aware of where we are and uh, they're working hard to try and improve that standing at the moment. Do you think the comments from the chairman, the prime minister of Samoa has made in recent weeks or months about the team when they haven't done well. I know, I know a lot of the players have been quite upset and some of them have spoken out about it. Do you really think that's helpful for the team in that situation? Or, I mean, do you have sympathy for, obviously, the team that is struggling for form? Is, is that the best way to go about it? Well, I can't speak for the chairman. And, uh, he sees what he sees. And I hope it's uh, rubbing on to the players to how important it is for them to do, to play their role and, and perform on the international stage. And... Uh, um, having said that, he's quite aware of, uh, of, of what's required and uh, we've been uh, meeting regularly and participating with the team to try and bring them together and we're working hard uh, behind the scene with the chairman and the team to try and turn things around. You know, uh, <laughs> our chairman of the union has quite openly uh, criticised the players and, uh, and the team so hopefully that will make, stir them on to perform. Do you and the union believe that the team are good enough to make the semis, are good enough to still contest finals and compete for cups on this series? Well, we're still very confident. I mean, the last couple of legs, uh, in all fairness to the coach and manager, we haven't had our top team, a couple of our key players have been injured. In saying that, we've uh, worked very hard to try and increase our pool of players in our training squad. And uh, we believe that... Uh, we can only go up at the moment. I think uh, I don't think we'll get any worse than where we are at the moment. And we're quite conf- quietly confident that you'll see uh, a much better improvement in the next two legs of the series. That's the interim CEO of the Samoa Rugby Union, Faleo Mavainga Vincent Fapuliai. Meanwhile, the Tonga and Papua New Guinea men's teams will also be competing in Hong Kong at a qualifier event, 
of which the winner will earn a permanent spot on next season's World Series. Samoa and Papua New Guinea will also be contesting the Hong Kong Women's Sevens. Samoan boxers Vitaly Soy and Farane Tavui say they can't wait to get in the ring this weekend in the Super 8 Redemption Night in Christchurch. Soy lost a narrow decision in last year's Super 8 final, and this year is on the undercard against Australia's Anthony McCracken, who holds the WBA Pan-African Cruiserweight title, as well as the WBO Asia-Pacific Cruiserweight and OPBF Cruiserweight titles. We trained together with um, David Roy, and uh, he talked to me about Anthony McCracken, and I, I work on uh, all punch, and uh, this guy is still fit. I'm trying to bring it back to... Uh, to uh, New Zealand here. So you think you've got uh, Anthony all sus? Do you know? You think you know what you're going to get from him at the weekend, and, and that you can counter all that? Yeah, it's good uh, fight for me at um, ten rounds. And uh, Vitaly, obviously, you've got a, a strong record of your own. I think you've only uh, lost once. You're you're on the undercard for the Super Eight this year. Last year, you were a part of the Super Eight. Um, does, so, um, what 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 are some of the guys that haven't competed in the Super Eight before that are doing it this year? What 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 would you say to them? What are they What are they in for? What can they expect? Last year is the Super Eight. I'm really tired because um, I finished my uh, semi final and no rest. Will you have some of your family and, and friends in the crowd watching, supporting you? All my uh, family and friends are down our Christchurch and call me to come and uh, supporting me at the fight night. But I'm looking forward to the fight now. Farane Tavui represented Samoa at the 2008 Beijing Olympics and was named Oceania Amateur Champion in 2007. He's still relatively new to the pro ranks and is competing in the main Super 8 event for the first time. I'm training hard and more experience. Training for um, more sparring and fitness to win this fight, this tournament. And uh, you've, you've got a lot of experience yourself with your Olympic background uh, for Samoa and also obviously uh, with the uh, Oceania champion previously and, and some of the other uh, awards that you've had. Um, w- w- when was your last uh, fight that you had before this? November last year. You'd be looking forward to getting back in the ring then? Yeah, yeah. Who do you think is the biggest uh, threat uh, to you in the Super 8 this weekend? Who's going to be your biggest rival, do you think? Find me too. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's been around a while. What what makes him dangerous? Ali Bunch and uh, Lester. Vitaly Soy and Farane Tavui are in action this Saturday night, while former New Zealand Rugby League international Monty Beetham and Black Caps cricketer Jesse Ryder are among the celebrity names on the undercard. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinny Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.